if I hadn't have read Think and Grow Rich, I would still be working in a job that I hate. I wouldn't have progressed my career. I wouldn't have read probably 500 books since then. Wouldn't have coached in 15 plus European cities, pretty well every city in the UK too. Some of the experiences or life experiences that I've had since reading this book have just been unbelievable. I mean, this morning I went trail running with my dog on a Monday morning. I filmed it. It's going to be content available online. I mean, I can't think of a better life. And it originated from, or the idea from the inception of Think and Grow Rich. <clears throat> I've read this book so many times, and every time I read it, it just gives me a deeper understanding of what Napoleon Hill is talking about. I want to just be very specific over this. So it's called Think and Grow Rich about the attainment of wealth. For me personally, I live a life of creative self-expression and I have used the techniques that he speaks about in the book to be able to do that. I'm not someone that's ever chased wealth, but I am someone that on a day-to-day -day basis wants to enjoy my life and my lifestyle. So I'm not someone who's going to do a day's work doing something I don't enjoy. As soon as I don't want to do something anymore, I will shift and I will move my life into a different direction. When I read this book the first time and it inspired me to leave a job that I was in or sell my shares in a business that I essentially hated, I said to myself that day, I'm, I'm never going to do anything else I don't want to do again. And we'll get into that because it's part of what the book describes and talks about. This is a book review that I'm going to go into detail in every chapter and look at exactly what Napoleon Hill meant and how you can implement, implement it in your life. And also some of the things I've done in my life that have really helped. And just with the, some clarity of thinking. Now, I am an advocate of everyone getting a copy of this book and reading it. Hopefully what I'm about to do will whet your appetite and allow you to to get a copy, but also be excited by it. Because I think if you're not excited by it, you need to be you know, up for it. So the first step towards riches is, is how the book starts. And he talks about desire. I mean, this is the contents page to give me a reference point, but he speaks about desire being the starter, starting point of all achievement. For me, that can come in two ways. One is the desire to get out of pain. And the other is the desire to do more in your life or self-attainment, self-achievement. Pain is always going to be the biggest motivator. So desire typically, in my experience as a coach, comes from a position of pain where you don't like something about your life. You're not enjoying yourself. You're not getting paid enough for what you think you should. You're not in physically good condition. You're not enjoying the day-to-day -day realities of your life. That is the starting point of desire. So if you're watching this or listening to this and you're unhappy with any element of your life, the good news is with the help of this book, I'm going to show you how to change it very quickly. And once you really understand these concepts, you can put them into use straight away. There's no, it will take six months right after this video or even pausing this video, you will be able to take some of these concepts and make a massive difference to your life instantaneously. 
So he speaks about desire being the starting point. And if you think about it, it makes sense because the, the more pain you're in, the more pent up and repressed you are in life, that's a good starting point because it's going to give you energy to push forward and to really give it a go. So in my life, when I read the book the first time, I read the book through and one of the things that he speaks about in the book is that thoughts are real. So when you think about things, they are real and they can become reality. It sounds obvious thinking back on it, but at the time it wasn't. It's the first self-development book I'd ever read. I had no external influences in my life apart from the education at school and university, which I didn't really enjoy, and the people that I met. So I went from, you know, having never read any personal growth or self-help into reading one of the titan books that's recommended anywhere when you talk about self-development. So there I was doing a meditation and an idea popped up that I was trying to grow my business social attraction the same time that I was working in another business. And my aim was build up social attraction, then leave the other business. It doesn't work like that. You've got to take that leap of faith. During a meditation, I had a thought that came to me that said, quit, leave, and you'll find a way of making it successful. In, in that time of my life, being honest, I, I sold my shares in the business and I had enough money for like a year without getting paid or without a salary. So I'd worked tremendously hard in that period of my life. So I had the luxury of having built up another business and then having enough money to, to see me through. Looking back on it now, does it make a difference? No. If I had two weeks or three weeks money with what you learn in this book, you would actually find a way of becoming successful anyway. But we'll get into that. So I sold my shares, trembling on the phone when I let the business partner know that I was leaving. And then I had a, an event, which was a few weeks after, I, about a month after I quit. So my aim was to use that as a platform for like, you know, growth. And what happened was, did the event, kind of successful. And then from that point on, nothing happened for about 10 months. And nothing happened for 10 months because it didn't need to. Now, at the time, I thought I was working really hard and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, this. The thing is, there's not enough leverage until that point where you're about to hit financial crisis. That's when you really start to feel, I need to make this happen. This is an interesting point. Most people, when they feel the financial burden, quit. And it's the wrong thing to do. I've had, I can't even tell you how many financial difficulties I've had that have led me to even be in this situation here today. Over the years of running a coaching business when I knew nothing when I started. So for me, I'm at my best when I'm up against it financially because I don't quit. And that's again, something that Napoleon Hill talks about. What happens every single time is that as you get nearer and nearer that point of no return, that's the moment where your sixth sense kicks in and you really begin to develop your life and something happens as a catalyst for you to achieve that that target and that goal to pay your bills and to go to that next phase. So chapter one is about the first step towards which is, which is desire. Now, the second thing that Napoleon Hill talks about is faith, visualization of, and belief in attainment of desire. This is about being able to see the final image of what you're doing. Now, when I first started off, 
my final image was me hosting dating confidence courses all over Europe. So I had that in my mind. It was there. Actually, before that, I wanted to be a professional. So my first name was professional, then that quickly went on to that. So if you have got a definitive picture in your mind, and it doesn't need to be anything that's ever done before, let your imagination go wild, whatever you can picture and you can see, you will get there. I remember on the flight back from my very first European tour with social attraction, and I sat on the plane with one of the coaches that works for me. I was just thinking, I've done it from nothing, from the figment of my imagination. This has been attained. I just think, Jesus. But what I would say is there are periods in your life, even when you become successful and you become professional, where you struggle with that picture of where you're going. And that's okay. You see a lot of coaches, American coaches saying, you need to have an absolute idea of where you're going. At set points in your life, I agree with that. But unfortunately, unless you're in the dark, you're not going to see the light. So don't force that. Let it happen naturally. You can have this picture of what you want, want to do. And then something happens and that picture changes. It would be naive to carry on holding that same picture if that's not what you want to do. So say, for example, you want to train to be a barrister and you go to law school and you hate the industry, then you can segue to doing something else using what you've learned along the way. There's an example. You don't always know where you're going. So for me, I, I again, the author talks about this. I like to think about having an intent rather than knowing the exact destination. I've got a great example of that right now. So these book reviews and the new content I'm doing, my intent is to help people to provide some kind of value and also to talk about things I love talking about. Do I know where that is going to end? Of course I don't. My intent is just to record good quality content that helps people. I don't have this final destination in mind. However, I'm using the visualization techniques to think about my content, how I'd like to do it. For example, no jump cuts, one take. That is how I would like to do my content because I'm a professional speaker. And if I can't get people to tune in to watch my content for the video, then it indicates that I need to work on certain elements of my, my speaking. So I have an intent, which is to record content with no jump cuts and to get better at understanding how people interact with these videos. Very different speaking in public to speaking on camera, but there's stats available online where you can actually see that. So I'm using that visualization and faith technique, but not with the final destination in mind, just with the, the journey and the enjoyment of the journey, which as I go through the years becomes more important to me. I think having, well, I don't think, for me personally, living how you want to live every day with freedom for creative self-expression. I didn't know I was going to record this video till today. I didn't know I was going to film my trail run till today. That for me is living. That's freedom. That's life. So having this ideal picture about the future indicates I'm not happy with the now, which isn't true. So I more use these techniques just to keep evolving my daily activities to keep myself on track. Visualizing using different words, visualizing myself, reading books and learning, finding different ways and different people to influence me in a different way. But if you're just starting out and you're in pain, absolutely go for that final destination and hold on to it because you'll need to. Now, the third step towards 
riches is auto-suggestion, which is the medium for influencing the subconscious mind. This is where if you're going to set goals, you write them as if you've already attained them, as opposed to, I would like to be able to do this. Instead, everything that you do indicates that you've already achieved it. And what auto-suggestion does, it tells your mind that it's real, that it's happening, and it uses the law of attraction, in essence, to bring it towards you. That's why visualization techniques for me, I'm visualizing myself at a specific time. That's an auto-suggestion to you. On visualizations, personally, I'm not an ego-driven visualizer, so I don't want to be like visualizing myself. I visualize the impact I make on people and how I make them feel. That's a better visualization because it's not ego-driven. So I would visualize how someone is watching this video, hopefully doing something that enables you to make a distinction in your life and go in a slightly better direction. That's the type of visualization practices I do. And if you think about that, to be able to do that, I need to get better at storytelling, need to get better with language, metaphors, all these things need to improve for me to make that impact. So that's a, it's a huge one for me. So the fourth step towards riches is specialized knowledge, personal experience or observations. Now, when you're first starting out, if you want to move your life in a new direction, then you're going to have gaps in knowledge. Right? So there's a distinction, isn't there? If you're working for someone and you want to take what you've learned somewhere else, you already have that knowledge. Whereas if you don't have that knowledge, you have something called knowledge gaps and it's your job to fill them. I had shed loads of knowledge gaps. I didn't know anything about anything when I started social attraction. And I filled those knowledge gaps um, in every single area you could imagine where I needed to. So evolutionary psychology, psychology, philosophy, the English language, speaking, presenting. I used to do video editing, WordPress editing, social media. I mean, everything you could possibly imagine. Video equipment, lighting, camera equipment, hosting courses, conference. It just goes endless, even to doing accounts and stuff like that specialist knowledge that I didn't have that I've had to fill those gaps in. And as you fill those gaps, you can then use that knowledge to provide a service for people. So if you don't have specialized knowledge, it's actually a good starting point. Go get it. If you do have it, then you can use the experience plus your personal observations to move your life to that direction. Let's just talk about, you know, if you want to start creating your own content, for example, you can share stories. You can make observations. These are things that you can do right away to start changing your life. You can launch a YouTube channel. You can go live and you can start speaking about stuff that you want to speak about. There's always ways of becoming more successful. It's just knowing the tools and having the faith to be able to do it. And that's where the visualization helps. The next step towards riches is the imagination, the workshop of the mind. Now, I'm a dreamer. Um, essentially I'm a, I use my imagination a lot. I am someone who really likes to think about stuff in my mind. I put on music and I imagine stuff and I visualize stuff. What I would say is that there's a balance too much of that, which I've fallen into the trap of, and you're not being productive. You're just spending your life living in your imagination. There's a balance. So Schedule time to use your imagination to really think about stuff, but make sure you're actively working on stuff. For example, you could spend the next year thinking about being a public speaker, but if you're not going to turn your camera on every day and hit the record button, then you're not going to get anywhere. 
So you have to be able to use your imagination to creatively see what you want, but then use action to get there. When you use your imagination, it's yours, not anyone else's. And the people that you know, the everyday people in your life are irrelevant because it's your imagination and what you see. He talks about Walt Disney imagining Disneyland and he actually died before Disney World was created or Disneyland was first created. And someone said to a relative, do you think he's upset, upset he didn't live to see it? And he went, of course not. You're here because he saw it in his mind every day. That's why you're here. And that's a great story, an example of using your imagination for what you want. Ignore everyone else because no one knows. No one knows. I fall into that trap with my content of sharing it with people that just, when you create something that you think is really, really good, you want to share it with people, but share it on the right platform to people that are receptive. If you're watching this, you're receptive to changing your life, right? So that's a good first step. If I'm showing this to someone who's not receptive to changing their life, well, you can imagine the, the impact is different. It's the difference as well between charging people and not. If you're an amateur, you don't charge people and the results you get will be minimal. If you're a professional and you charge someone, their results are better because they've had to put their hand in their pocket to pay for you. I'm more of a fan of working with individuals than corporates because when you work with corporates, the people aren't paying their own money, whereas in end users are. So for me, I, I prefer to coach people that, that invest their own money into my coaching because I know that their desire or starting point is already at a really good level. The next chapter he speaks about is organized planning, the crystallization of desire into action. I understand organizing and planning, but at the same point, it's not something that I'm drawn to. It's probably the weakest chapter in the book for me, because for me, I live my life in an improvised manner. Overplanning kills me. If I overplan a speech, it will kill me. If I overplan my life, if I had like, you're going to wake up today and this is what you're going to do, it would kill me. So the organized planning for me is not actually being that organized to give myself freedom. So I guess it's still planning, but essentially what you want to do is work out where do you want to go and what are the steps towards getting there? Now, for me, we never really know the steps. We think we do, but for me, I don't really think we do. So what I do do something called the minimum viable approach, which is to break down where I want to go. And then I just focus on the first step and then I'll do it. Then I'll see how I feel. Then I'll think about what the next step is. So for me, organized planning is a bit mundane and boring, but perhaps if you're more inclined than I am, then that would be a good way of doing it. For example, this video, I've just got my book out and I'm talking from life experience about it. If I'd have sat and planned the video, oh, think it would I think it would kill me to be honest so the seventh step towards riches is decision the mastery of procrastination again I've never really struggled with procrastination I'm I'm a doer so I understand what the chapter's about is just just take action just keep taking action keep taking action keep taking action if you're someone who does procrastinate then make it very easy for yourself to do what you want to do so for me I've got my camera equipment set up. I just press record. It's easy. I can do it. If you can set your life up in a way where you take procrastination out, as in you have to set things up, it will make it easier for you. So for me, what I took from that chapter is about making things really, really easy 
when you want to be able to do them. And that takes procrastination out. The other thing I tend to work in the morning when I've got my energy, if I was working towards the evening, that would be a bit more difficult for me. I'm an early riser and I'm a morning person. So I guess, again, if I then had to work late in the evening, I may start to procrastinate. So essentially I swerve the procrastination as element by working to what I like. I also think with procrastination, I'm excited by my work. So why would I procrastinate? I, I just think if you're procrastinating, are you really that excited by it? Probably not. I'm up for it. <laughs> so for me, procrastination, I don't know if you really need it enough. I think you, you probably want to go back to your desire or think about how can you implement the way you wanted to do it. So if I was doing jump cuts on this, it would bore the hell out of me. Just one camera close up so I can see you and speak to you. I'm always up for that. I'm never going to say no. And I always feel better afterwards. So procrastination, just make it easy. The eighth step towards riches that he discusses is persistence. Now I can write a thousand books on persistence. The sustained effort necessary to induce faith. Just don't quit. And if you're going to take anything from this video, just don't quit. Just don't quit. Because all the problems in your life are your problems. They're not mine. They're not anyone else's. And when you quit, what you're doing is saying, I can't handle this problem. Problems you will face, financial, emotional, everything that you could possibly imagine will happen when you're towards the attainment of your desire. The thing is, that's your rite of passage. If you can't pass those challenges, you don't deserve the success. Think about it like a, an old game of Mario. You go through the levels, you get killed. A lot of people quit. Your job is just to keep going and it can be so... It can be so difficult. I, I can't even begin to tell you because you typically when you're run down and tired or you've got financial problems, you then you then get sick or you get an injury and you can't exercise. And then someone says that they're going to invest and then they don't. And then everything just goes wrong all at the same time. And you have got to be someone that just doesn't quit. Otherwise, you're going to fall into problems. I mean, this book really could just be down to set your intent and don't quit. Really, that's what this book's about. And the great or the greatest story is Rocky Balboa about persistence and not quitting. In the first movie, he says to Adrian that uh, he just wants to go the distance. He doesn't even want to win. He just wants to go the distance. It's an example of someone that's got his goal, got his intent. And also he's persistent in the fight. And no matter what happens, he doesn't quit. And that just touches me every time I watch it. And I feel my life playing out that way many times. So just don't quit. Just when you think about quitting, just don't do it. Just say, I'll quit tomorrow. Just don't quit. Just carry on. I can't say that enough. I just, it, my life gets better every time I don't quit. And every time it gets harder, it does get harder. I'm not going to lie. It does get hard. Just keep going. No one else has got the answers. Just keep going. The ninth step towards riches is the power of the mastermind. I tried to find a mastermind. It's essentially six people that meet once a week around the table and discuss ideas and elevate each other. I couldn't find the people in my vicinity, in my town or online that I 
liked or respected enough. I tried, it failed miserably. People were all about themselves and not about helping. So I, I evaded the power of the mastermind. But what I did instead is I decided to read success manuals and self-development books of people that were successful autobiography. So my mastermind essentially are all of the books that I've read that elevated my life and showed me the way. So if you don't have access to people, a mastermind group, then what I would say is find books, go to success.com, read all the books they recommend, read anything you can find about success, any autobiographies of successful people, there's enough of them and read them because they will influence you to change your life. And I really mean that. That's If I look back over the past decade of my life, had I not put all the effort into reading my life, would not have ended up like this. They show you the way, they give you strength and they allow you to just carry on. I just finished reading Andre Agassi's autobiography, which I'll do a video about, which is, it's on the money. Now, a beautiful chapter that no one really understands. And it's the 10th step towards riches, which is sex transmutation and the mystery of sex transmutation. No one really, I mean, the book isn't clear for me. I, I, I read this and I think this is not explained well enough in the book. What is sexual transmutation? A lot of people talk about no fap online and the 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 avoidance of um, of masturbation and, and stuff like that. For me personally, sex transmutation is what gives you your life force and your energy. There's a guy called Muntak Chia who talks about transmuting sexual energy. And he says that when you have sex or masturbate, you use a third of your daily energy and it goes. So if you don't do that, then essentially you build up your creative energy. For me personally, sex transmutation is linked to creativity. It's not linked to the mundane aspects of life. And it would make sense, wouldn't it? So we are human beings and we all want to attract a mate. So wouldn't it make sense that if you haven't done that yet, that your body's going to energize itself to be able to do that? It's common sense, but it just needs someone to say it to you. So you can understand it. If you are not having sex with someone for a month, then biologically, your system's going to energize itself to either sing, dance, perform, be creative, train harder, do something that's going to elevate you and make you more attractive to the opposite sex. So sexual transmutation is very simple, very easy. You could just limit the amount of sex or self-satisfaction that you do per week. And when you do that, you'll start to see a build up in your energy. But here's the important bit. You've got to know how to channel it. If you don't channel it, your life goes out of balance. You end up chasing after people, chasing after members of the opposite sex. Don't do that. What you need to do is to use that energy towards something. So channeling it towards creating video content, channeling it to writing, to painting, something creative. If you do not have a creative outlet, you will give yourself problems. Trust me. So that, that creative element, if you want to go down the sexual transmutation route, is really, really important. Now, he talks about the 11th step towards witches, which is the subconscious mind, the collecting, connecting link. There's a lot of um, talk about the um, law of attraction, which is almost what Napoleon Hill was illuminating when he wrote this book probably 100 years ago now, actually. But the subconscious mind he believes is how you condition yourself 
towards a direction. So the more you believe, see something, feel it, the more you're conditioning your subconscious mind to feel that way. And the more like you are, more likely you are to attain that success in your life. It's a simple context, a simple concept, the conscious mind, subconscious, the subconscious mind is where you want to give all that information to. Again, it's one of the reasons why reading's good. You read success manuals, you're training your subconscious mind to think about success more. So it's very simple. Just surround yourself with pictures, images, podcasts, books, this, any kind of content about success, and you're conditioning your subconscious mind. Add in visualization, faith, persistence, bang, right? You're getting towards the success that you want. Now, he talks about the 12 step towards riches, which is a broadcasting and receiving station for thought, which is the brain. Now, he believes that the, the brain is a way of broadcasting what you want to the world. So Deepak Chopra also talks about this in modern society. The way in which I do this is I think about and I meditate. So I meditate for like 20 minutes and then I visualize what I want. And that could be this video connecting with someone. And I envisage the emotional attachment to it. And what I mean by that is I do a visualization and I'm there. I am watching myself and I am moved and I feel my life moving in a new direction. It's bright, it's exciting, it's emotional and it's strong. What you then do, which I learned from Deepak Chopra, is to let go. So under a meditation, you visualize it, then you let it go and you go about your day-to-day -day life. If you hold on to it, you end up chasing and you block the success that you want flowing into your life. I've spoken a lot about mandalas in my previous content, if you wanted to know more about that. But essentially, you want to be staying in your core, visualizing what you want, then letting it go, but work towards the attainment of your goal. That might sound a bit complex. So how do I, I'll explain it a different way. So say I want to get through to you in this video, okay? What I do is I go and meditate. I do a visualization of recording content, getting through to people. I then get on with my life. All of a sudden, I find myself sat down recording this video, ready here now. I didn't force it. It happened when I had an opportunity after going running, my dog's asleep. All of a sudden, circumstances are right, camera equipment set up, now I'm ready. And what's happened is that's become real because I took the time to think about it. That's one example of what he talks about. The other one, is about the sixth sense, which is the next step towards riches. He, he believes um, the 13th step is the, is the sixth sense, right? And this is where you can tune into other people. So Napoleon Hill believes that the subconscious mind, we're all linked, right? Not just now, but in history. So anyone that's ever lived, any thought that's ever been had is ex exists and it's real. If you've got a problem and you use the techniques described in the book, someone's solution can come to you. The more stressed you are, the more worked up you are, the less likely that will happen. So what he's saying is, if you're calm and you're relaxed and you're going about your work, any problem you have has already been solved. Someone's thought about the answer and it will come to you. And think about my life. Think about what I said at the beginning of the video. That thought of leaving my job and pursuing social attraction full-time, where did that come from? may seem obvious to you, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't even an idea. And bang, I swear that just erupted in me like someone had just thrown it into my mind. So I don't know whoever that was in the past that stored it. Thank you. But that's what Napoleon Hill talks about is that sixth sense. I've had times in my life as well where you have like a sixth sense that you're going to coach someone or 
something's going to happen. I, I remember walking past a, a restaurant once and I just got an eerie feeling. It's like something is weird here. And then as I'm sort of walking past, someone I half know starts tapping on the window. I go in, I end up coaching him and his business partner all over the UK for about six months. But I tuned into it before. It was really weird. I was like, I, I know that something is about to happen. We've all had it, haven't you? When you're about to call someone and they've called you or, you know, that happens first. So that's my sort of overview of Think and Grow Rich. But, you know, what, what, is it, what does it mean? What does it mean to you watching this? You know, what the, what, what's the biggest takeaway? If you want to change your life, start today. Just do anything today towards it. And what will happen is it will start to spiral towards success. It can't not. If you add in any of the principles that I talked to you about, your life will be better very, very quickly. I have implemented all of these lessons or tried to at various stages of my life. Awareness is the first step, which hopefully this video helps you with. Once you've got the awareness, it is then the implementation of these lessons in your life, which you can either hire a coach to help you or you can do what I did, which is read success manuals, take the hits as they come along the way, face your fear, don't quit and become the person you want to be because the person you are now is not that person. You have to go through a rite of passage to become that person. If you've enjoyed this, give me, give me a thumbs up. If there's a book that you'd like me to review, I'm working through them. I've only, this is like my third or fourth book. There's a lot for me to review, but if there's one specifically you'd like me to do, Put it in the comment section below and I'll see what I can do.